0: Hey, my name is Gavin, and I'm the producer of Off The Notepad. Today, I'm super excited to share with you a brand new episode of this beautiful, beautiful podcast. I do want to mention, before we really get into it, this episode has a weird beginning. It's kind of off track for the first little bit, but nonetheless, it's still a great episode, and I hope you all enjoy. Without further ado... Let's hop into the episode.
1: Literature. So, so Halika, what is your opinion on beans? Uh, I feel, I mean, I feel pretty neutral about beans. I think they're solid. Why? Okay. Um, because I believe that beans taste like dirt. Oh, uh, see, that is a very popular opinion. That's All, beans. All beans. All I've been told that, you know, uh, it's. Uh, edamame tastes not like beans i'm like no dirt closer to peas and then i found out that i don't like coffee because it tastes like dirt water and then i found out that i don't really like chocolate because it tastes like dirt beans oh my god (laughs) you genuinely hate beans i really do (laughs) yeah i've met a lot of people in my life uh you know, Elliot. Elliot hates beans, but it's a texture thing for him. He just doesn't like the certain texture. I don't like the texture beans. either. But you genuinely, you don't like anything bean related. Oh, yeah. That's beans insane. are gross. Wow. What about vanilla bean? Oh, this is a good point. That's pretty valid. To an extent, yes, but things that are extremely vanilla make me gag. Because it tastes like dirt. Because it's a bean. <laughs> that's amazing that's so interesting but like vanilla extract is i don't want to say extremely dilute. the way that i know how to make it is you take a vanilla bean and you put it in a bottle of vodka for like months right. and, and then and like that's that's not really a vanilla bean anymore and no mm-mm. vanilla beans are also like very far removed from beanhood yeah. too because they're closer to like yeah. plants yeah have that- you ever chewed on a vanilla bean gavin You've never done it? I can't say that I have. Not even once? Nope. Then your argument is invalid. Oh, <gasps> you just lost the vanilla bean argument. Rest in peace.
0: I wasn't expecting to win the vanilla bean argument.
1: <laughs> That's fair. You <laughs> went in. Your expectations were met. In a sense, <laughs> you did win. <laughs> Conclusion, beans are bad. And this is going to be in the poll at the end of our episode. Yeah, do you hate beans? Let us know. Do beans taste like dirt? Yeah. Are you as dedicated to your bean hatred as Victoria is? If so, you could potentially be our third host. (laughs) I don't remember. I remember saying something tasted like mud, though. I think I said some type of bean tastes like mud. Refried beans, maybe. That would make sense. It is very muddy. Yeah. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, you are probably the most dedicated person I've heard to hate beans and all bean goods. And they look like it too. Oh, I'm just really coming after these beans today. You're
0: right. the boys at 3 a.m. looking for beans. Looking
1: for beans. <laughs> oh, I love that meme so much. It's so dumb, and I know that was the point, but oh my God. For the record, I do drink coffee, though. I just drown it in cream and sugar. That's what I do too. I don't want to taste the coffee, I just want to feel the coffee. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's the life of a writer. <laughs> okay so today i have a protagonist for you do you really i do okay hit me with this protagonist i'm so excited i feel like hitting you with it might hurt though is it a rock (laughs) (laughs) is there victoria (laughs) is our protagonist a rock the rock no (laughs) you know it's my um because it fourth cousin the rock dwayne the rock johnson (laughs) no joke through marriage somehow (laughs) that wasn't the topic of today's episode who's our protagonist (laughs) so our protagonist is a recently orphaned teenager oh i love orphaned teenagers how long how long has this teenager been orphaned like a day two days somewhere around there recently orphaned okay Mm -hmm. okay Recently, orphaned teenagers are always so edgy. I mean, I can't imagine losing their parents really helps with the edginess. But... <laughs> oh, Actually, this plays pretty well into the prompt I have. The okay. prompt at the top. Uh, the protagonist has been wrongly imprisoned and either must escape their cell or prove their innocence before they are executed for their crime. <laughs> Was our protagonist in prison for murdering his parents? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no. I was about to say this is very close to Jolene. Oh, mm-Oop Oop Was that a was that a Jojo reference? Uh-uh. Would never I've never seen a Jojo in my life. That's such a lie. Oh my god. Anyways. That aside, so our teenage protagonist is on death row. Is that possible? Uh, you would have to commit uh some pretty major crimes so it's not just like the loss of the parents it's got to be part of a crime syndicate part of a crime like confused for like a crime syndicate or a um maybe the parents were murdered by like a serial killer that's been racking up bodies oh then get, oh yeah yeah serial killer will do it but see, no matter what the case is like with this crime um the hardest part about it is where is the story going to go because mm-hmm. they can't escape their cell and then just live life on the run. And I yeah. think that'd be that'd be okay. But then the second part of the prompt is trying to prove their innocence. Mhm. Mhm. How do you do that from inside a cell? I don't know. I would love this kid to be like in front of a jury like screaming at them like if I was a serial killer, why would I kill my parents? You always go after the person you don't know. It's true. Although, you know, some serial killers are weird. They're yeah. like, oh, no, I want to hurt my sister-in-law. Why? <laughs> what for? To our serial killer audience out there, can you just... if, Actually, if don't you're- respond.
0: <laughs> for legal purposes, anything Halika or Victoria say during this first segment should not be taken as advice for murder. Again, this is not advice for murder.
1: If you're looking to murder, do it to someone you don't know in a city you've never been before and don't leave a paper trail. All right, don't leave Don't do a fun little thing. Serial killers do fun little things and that's what gets them caught. It's not fun for anyone involved.
0: Victoria and Halika do answer their question in this next little segment. But to reiterate, none of what they say in this first segment should be taken as advice on how to commit murder. Thank you all for listening to Off the Notepad.
1: Also, maybe do it in California because then you'll never get off death row. You'll just die in prison. Sure shit is weird in California. California's weird. Are these things we should be saying on the air? I have no clue. We've said a lot of things we probably aren't supposed to on the air. Don't actually take this advice into account. Because you know know who did? Our protagonist. And now he's wrongfully imprisoned. That's right. Question mark. Question mark? Yeah, so are we thinking like typical like 16, 17 year old? Yeah. We're thinking boy. We normally think boy. <laughs> um we're thinking I we're going with the serial killer route. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So he's been confused for a major serial killer. You know what? I want him to know the serial killer person. I kind of want it to be his best friend. Oh my god, yes. Like his cuz you know what? It's always the um Because there's that bromance that I just love where it's, like, the high school best friend who's, like, always been there, grew Mm -hmm. up just a house apart. It's, like, it fits the exact description. It's just, like, a little bit off. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And I love the idea of the best friend, like, coming to visit him in jail. Like, oh, my God, I heard what happened. It's so crazy. You were confused for that serial killer. I want the best friend to, like, have done it on purpose, though. Like, the police were getting too close to him. So he's like, "Mm, sorry, best friend this just isn't gonna i even if it's like i almost want it to be an accident though because that's so much more funny where like the best friend was ready to just sort of confess but then the police were like no it's this guy and the best friend's like this wasn't ideal but this works for me oh no almost like because you know what that gives the best friend like a little bit of a god complex it's like look The world was on my side. Oh, no. (laughs) Sure, you were, you know, wrecked in the process, but just think about it. Like, the world wants me to kill. It's like, I want that exact, those exact words to come out when he's visiting his best friend. Not the first time, maybe like the third or fourth time. Oh, yeah. You know, because I actually, I love the idea that the protagonist, like, realizes pretty quickly, like, oh, my God, it was my best friend. Mm -hmm. Because then it's just the best friend toying with him. I think that could be so interesting. Can you, like... I don't know how prisons work. Can you refuse to visit someone when they come to see you? You can in JoJo. It just doesn't work. (laughs) I don't know how prisons work. (laughs) I mean... I, I assume you can just go, like... Such-and-such such is here to see you. No, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. Because there could be a really interesting dynamic where it's like the best friend... Maybe it's like a rich kid. He's like, oh, been no. paying off the guards, so the guards force the protagonist oh, to go no. see him anyways. Yeah. Now, this best friend is just awful. Just like shittiest man. Does our protagonist... Okay. Does our protagonist have any other family who's looking out for them? And does our protagonist have a lawyer? Ooh, I definitely want, I want him to have a lawyer because I love lawyer characters. I think they're so much fun. He's got a lawyer. Because I imagine like as soon as the kid finds out that it's his best friend who is the serial killer, like he's going to tell somebody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's got to tell somebody. But he doesn't have proof. So that's like where the stakes at. So maybe our secondary protagonist is the lawyer who I imagine to be like a very, uh, either the best lawyer you've ever met or... I had one case that didn't go so well, and I'm all your remaining family could afford. Oh no. <laughs> Cause I, I love the idea of like a rookie lawyer doing her best to like get proof to help her first mm-hmm. or second client. Cause that sets up an interesting I don't know, set of stakes. Fresh out of college. Oh my god, fresh out of law school. Fresh out of law school. Yeah, that'd be wild. Okay, so we have the lawyer. She's on her way to, like, look for look for evidence. So she's chasing, like, the best friend, trying to figure out where the best friend, you know, can slip up. Because she believes her client. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she doesn't. She's just doing it on a whim. Does the best friend ever slip up? See, my first thought was, does the best friend kill the lawyer? Oh. Oh, I think for, like, the climax of the book, the best friend does. Oh, no. Or it's like, she just got a little too close. I was also thinking, like, I was also thinking, like, if the this lawyer suspects best friend but wants to investigate him secretly, then they start to, like, become friends, you know? Because, yeah. like, they're around the same age. What are you when you get out of law school? Mid-20s? Yeah. And then this kid, I assume, is 17-ish. So n- not super close, but close enough you could have a connection there close enough and also you could play it so that like the her first client was of a similar age just mm-hmm. a lot of teenage boys just like or maybe she has a younger sibling or whatever yeah but she said like, you never want to assume that uh, a teenager is a serial killer like oh it just God, it yeah. feels rough in that field but but i want the best friend to get close to her too Like, I want the best friend to start caring about this lawyer, and then it gets to a point where he's like, fuck, I have to kill her. Right. But then enjoy doing it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? It's very much like a momentary adoration he has for her. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very much, you were nice, you reminded me of a family member, or maybe I even had a little crush on you, but in the end, killing is what I like best. Mm -hmm. Not people. It's like, ooh, that would be sexy. That would be, ugh. Quite an interesting arc. But yeah, so then I wonder, like, does this story... So we lose the lawyer at some point in the story. Then the protagonist gets real hopeless. Mm -hmm. Because prison is shit. Life is shit. uh, And he just lost... Because if he has family, I think they're probably very standoffish. Because it's like, we're kind of certain that you killed your parents. Mm -hmm. I was curious about his family. Because I want to know where the family money goes. Because... I, I This is kind of an assumption, but I'm like, if best friend has money and can pull strings, then I imagine our protagonist's family also has money. Right, because same neighborhood. But does the kid get any of that money? I don't think he does. Especially since, like, he's in prison now. What the heck is he going to do with it? Yeah. And honestly, I think that could also be another subplot where it's, like, his family being a bunch of, like, kind of rich people snobs. They don't want to fund this kid because they think he killed his parents. But they're also, like... We're going to just redirect this money into our own pockets. Sure, sure, sure. Because in the end, who deserves it more? This kid who probably killed his parents or me? So it's like, then that becomes a problem. That's probably why they like skimped out on the lawyer. They mm-hmm. just want a cheap one. Yeah. But then his next lawyer ends up being like one of those, oh, you have the right to a lawyer, so we're going to give you one. But this person also has like 10 other cases that they're doing at once. Right, so they're busy. And I think... That second lawyer is going to focus more on how can I lessen your sentence, not how can I prove you're innocent. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that's... Oof. They, I want a scene where this new lawyer's like, okay, just tell them, just plead guilty, and then I can get you off of death row. Yeah. And the protest is like, oh, but I'm not guilty. And the lawyer's like, they all say that. Or lawyer says, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't have time for this. I have a meeting in 10 minutes. Like, write out your statement, have the guards call me when you're done. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, so this lawyer's not even going to stick around. But then where... I think that's the point where Protagonist breaks out. You think so? Yeah. So then it becomes a breakout story. Okay. Ooh. Because, like, there's no hope at that point. No. And I assume that over the course of the story, the Protagonist has made some, like, connections in prison. He's gotten a little too used to it. Please join a crime syndicate as soon as you escape prison. Oh, my God. Or start a crime syndicate? Yes. And use it to, like, try and pin down best friend. Honestly, I think uh, what could probably happen and function as a kind of terrible slash pretty wild ending is where best friend, nope, protagonist, breaks out, hunts down best friend, and then they have, like, a really gruesome bloody match. And then after that, protagonist gets a taste for blood. Oh. And not in the not in the serial killer way where it's like, killing is a hobby for me. It's like, violence is the only way I'm understood. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to take things into my own hands. And then we get the crime syndicate at the end. Yes. So this could even start, it would be a prequel maybe to a character in a second story that's just like about the crime syndicate. Oh, yeah. would be kind of wild. I would love that. Hmm. Be. Oh, is, that where we, is that where we cut break? I feel like that was... Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you after the break. Bye. For now.
0: <laughs> I hope you all have enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I am actually going to be using this intermission a little bit differently than I usually usually use it. I usually give you a little sneak peek at the next segment give a little synopsis but today i'm actually going to use this intermission to remind you please share off the notepad it is the best way that you can support this podcast and really get the ball rolling and yeah just please share the podcast also a little reminder we actually have a poll and we have a question for all of you to answer in today's episode that is all for me i will see you all in the next episode and uh, i hope you all enjoy this next segment Bye. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rant a little. I, I recognize I'm gonna have to edit a bit, but like I really <laughs> I really love that interpretation that like you know, uh, when Lucifer kind of like comes down he's
1: like, yeah, you're, oh, I speak
0: only the truth.
1: That's true. I do like, like I that, really yeah. like
0: that interpretation in like kind of like a lot of like modern media that the devil doesn't lie.
1: Yeah, you know, I do like that as well. It's a good take.
0: It's such an interesting aspect to it. And like, you know, with that little bit of dialogue right there, it's like, uh, it sounds like Lucifer is just like trying to free humanity from like God's chains or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because he, it's just such an interesting
1: aspect. Okay, but does not lying mean you're telling the truth? Not necessarily, but it's interesting to think that the one person who is never going to lie to you is the prince of lies. Mm, Like that in itself is a... It's a fascinating concept.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, it's just one of those things that... I mean... So we ended up watching, like, that final season of Lucifer. mm mm-hmm. But it's, like, uh, just meeting the character, they're always like, nope, I don't lie. I, I like, I'll, I'll omit the truth, or, like, I'll try to avoid it, but I will never say, like, a lie.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting very devil characters in general are fascinating yeah i just love the idea of always like quote unquote telling the truth have you read aragon no i have not but i know of aragon so there's like the different races right and um the way that you use magic is by speaking the ancient language. Mm-hmm. And the ancient language has power over these things because you cannot lie in that language. Anything that you say will be truth. Oh. That's why it works with magic, you know, like make fire appear so fire will appear. Right. And the way that like the the, the Dumbledore of the series explained this to the main character <laughs> was by uh, speaking to a bird in a tree and saying, hey bird, I will. I am a friend, I come in peace. And then the bird comes and flies onto his hand. Right, because you're a friend. Because you can't lie. Right, interesting. Um, and then there's a whole species, elves, just they speak in the ancient language. Like that is their language. They don't speak English. Um, and so they're known, they're like... They're known, honestly, as they're not, like, tricksters, but, like, you can't always believe what they're saying because they've learned how to work around the words to say something but mean something else. Right. They've, like, perfected that because of the ancient language. That is so cool. But you can also use it to, like, bind people to you, you know, like, giving oaths to a king. Like, those are literally quite permanent when you do it in the ancient language. Right, because it has to be true. Mm -hmm. So it has to hold. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. Sexy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. In any case, welcome back from the break. Welcome back. We missed you a little bit, not a lot more than we missed Gavin, much more than we missed Gavin. Good god, am I glad that guy isn't here anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure I have a protagonist for you. Awesome. Are you emotionally prepared? No. Can't me neither. Here's the protagonist. Okay. (laughs) This protagonist is the collector, an obsessive character with no control over their need for something in particular. Sometimes lending themselves to sadistic tendencies, this character will often find that they need to force themselves to give up what they love in order to secure something or someone of equal or more value. This choice is what defines their arc. So I was thinking like something physical, like it'd be funny if they had an obsession with porcelain dolls or stamps stamps sadistic <laughs> stamp collector i'll do whatever it takes to get those stamps <laughs> could be or could be like a character who's obsessed with a certain person i mean okay way it works but that'll be defined by the prompt i imagine yeah 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 i i have a idea oh i'm so sorry i just kicked you you're so good it's fine <laughs> I have an idea of where this might go. So here is my prompt then. The protagonist is or becomes a mentor slash teacher for children gifted in magic. One of these children is particularly talented, a quiet orphan with rumors including his parents abandoned him. He ran away and coincidentally, he accidentally murdered his family. Oh, Nice. (laughs) Um, The kickoff is you find the kid trying to sneak out of his classroom, dorm room, camp, wherever it is you are. Okay. There's a lot of sketchy rumors about this kid. (laughs) And we have our. That'll be a really intricate dynamic because we have our protagonist who only cares about one thing, whether it's collecting stamps or dolls or whatever. I'm honestly kind of thinking like he's collecting children oh he's <laughs> no, <not. laughs> <His> wait <weight. What? laughs> yeah. hear me out hear me. i'm, I'm out. listening i'm listening but i'm a little scared like like uh, a teacher who's super proud of his best students and so he kind of collects them like oh here's my A-plus student who is amazing, and aren't they wonderful? Be proud of them because I am. Oh, like he's obsessed with the success of his students. Yeah. That'd be really cool, especially if this orphan kid is just, like, shitty. Like, he's Mm. so bad. He's the bottom of the class. Everything in his life has gone wrong. Mm -hmm. So the teacher's not going to pay attention to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) Not collecting children in a bad way. Not, Not, like, human (laughs) traffic. No. okay so we have our our teacher who catches our student sneaking out of but i'm imagining like it's sneaking out of the dormitory at night to okay. probably go do some terrible things in the woods so we're thinking is. we're thinking this is like a school where all the magical children are in dorms then yeah like a okay. magical kid boarding school okay or something similar okay um I mean, it's not like this kid has anywhere else to go. Apparently, right. he may have killed his whole family, which uh-huh. I hope he did. Like, good for him, <laughs> accidentally or on purpose. I'm go- I'm okay with either. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what does this teacher do? Because you see that your your bottom of the class student, who you pretty much ignore all the time, is sneaking out of the dorms and heading towards the woods. What is your move? Maybe this kid is like amar on the class's good reputation because this teacher loves prodigy kids and being able to say my class is perfect and then this kid's just
0: not, not.
1: yeah oh he's definitely tried to like get this kid in other classes he's how how obsessive is this protagonist are they gonna like try and hurt the child <laughs> oh like this child goes out into the forest where no one can follow them and no one can hear their screams right you know honestly i think i think the thought has to cross the teacher's mind yeah Or it's like i could just i mean who would even know can he please say that to the child though like no thoughts say it to the child oh absolutely absolutely and you know what i don't think this is anything the child hasn't heard before oh no i think that's the best part the best part is that the child isn't scared The child just knows. Mm -hmm. Do you think the kid is actually, like, not talented or just they have no control? I think they don't have control. Okay. I think they don't have control and they're scared of the fact that they don't have control. So they aren't able to perform well at all. And it's almost to the point where everyone thinks that they don't have uh, magic. Mm -hmm. Because they just won't. They're scared of letting it loose. That's why they let it loose in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I imagine if this kid doesn't have control then they can very well protect themselves from teacher who's about to murder them, just might also accidentally murder the teacher. Right. So then I wonder, I mean, does the child even... Because I think you're totally right. Like, this child can very much protect themselves from this teacher. But do they try? Like, what do they have to live for? Mm. They've lost their family. Everyone thinks that they killed their family, whether purposefully or on accident. Which, given that this child can't control their magic, it sounds like it was on accident. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of almost want a scene where the teacher is just sort of detailing like all of this kid's failures. Oh yeah. and just saying no, like ending it with "No one will miss you," and the kid's just like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah, because it's just like those scenes where the a character will just like point the wand or whatever weapon at their throat, like redirecting it, are so powerful. Especially if this is like the beginning of a story. <laughs> This is the first scene, guys. This is the first scene, first or second? Like this is. Oof. So opening, we're here. Um, does the teacher kill the child? I feel like they can't. Yeah. So something happens here. Something happens. Is it is it an inside force or an outside force that stops it? Ooh. I mean, what are our options? Like, what does an outside force stopping it look like? Like, they get caught. Yeah, I imagine they'd get caught. By mm, it could be another student in the woods. It could be security or campus security (laughs) or a teacher who's doing something Mm -hmm. or it could be some magical creature that lives in the forest. Oh, that'd be kind of an interesting addition to the cast. Mm hmm. I want it to be a unicorn. I don't know why. I feel like this child should really like unicorns. I was like like, bouncing between unicorn and centaurs and fae. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like the really, the more delicate fantasy stuff. Oh, yeah. Like no dragons. Do not put a dragon in this wood. I'll be angry. Um, I don't know why that was so like directed at the audience. (laughs) What about a little like Mockingjay sized dragon? That'd be fine. That'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. Because then the child could find some, the sort of cliche, well, you can't control yourself either, huh? Me neither. Oh my god, this child needs to meet like a baby dragon who breathes fire every time they sneeze. Oh yes. Oh, many a forest fire have been started by this dragon. Yes. It's so cute. And the school's trying to get rid of the dragon because it's causing a problem. Just like the teacher's trying to get rid of the student. It's a metaphor. (laughs) It's so subtle, you'd never even know. (laughs) Subtlety? You mean my middle name? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, okay. So then, it could. I think if it's an outside force, what makes that interesting is that the teacher has to walk away from the situation. Obviously, they can't kill this child in front of another student or campus security. Right. But they have to think about what the kid said, and they have to let that ruminate for a while. And that gives us insight into how the teacher compartmentalizes things Mm -hmm. because then this teacher just entered new territory and that they have never considered like a um they've never even had consideration for failing students now they have to consider the student Mm -hmm. so what does that mean do they become obsessed with the student because of that that'd be interesting i wonder i love how this teacher's like oh i've never considered failing my students before maybe i'll just kill him yeah maybe i'll just you how is it good enough. How does the teacher feel about that? Like, was that a natural step? Are they terrified by the fact that they made that assumption? I think it was a natural step for them. Because I think they, they don't just take this student, like, being in this class as a mar on the class. They take it as a personal attack. Oh, yeah. Like, you're failing because you're not listening to me. You're making fun of me. So getting rid of you like that, well, that was normal. Mm-hmm. I don't, where is this teachers are going? Because obviously, they can't just go on unpunished. Like, this is no way to treat any child. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want him to, like, smack-talk the kid in front of his class. And the classmates are like, what are you talking about? So then this story becomes about this teacher growing more and more unhinged. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, just getting... Ooh. Ooh. Because then I like the idea that we're focusing on the teacher. And then the B-plot is the kid, like, just going through a normal underdog magic school arc where it's like he gets friends he has his dragon he gets better at magic runs away and lives in the woods runs away lives in the woods comes back because his classmates are like no like we care about you we miss having you in class Mm -hmm. and this teacher's just spiraling because then we set up the scene at the end where the teacher and the student get into a fight i want that same conversation to happen i want the teacher to tell him again you failed at this you failed at that no one's going to miss you and then this time he gets to say, Yeah, they're going to miss me. Yeah. It's like, actually. And no one's going to miss you. Yeah. Just turning it back. Oh my God. Or even just doing it vice versa, where the student is just like listing all the ways the teacher has failed the class. Yes. Like, oh my God. I want that to end on, You failed me. Yeah. Oh. And then maybe the teacher just blacks out. And then we sort of have to leave it up to interpretation. Did the student kill the teacher? Because I feel like this is a typical, you know, magic school protagonist. So probably not. Mm -hmm. But then, like, what happens after? What is the ending scene of this story? Teacher wakes up in hospital and student's right there. (laughs) (laughs) That would be nightmare fuel. That would be so much. Oh, my God. I also I just like the idea of the student sitting there in like the nurse's office or wherever they end up and just saying, I went too far. I was I was angry because I didn't you shouldn't have spoken to me like that. But maybe I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. And just sort of ending the story on this note of I think we both need help. Mm. But the difference is I'm going to get that. And I don't know if you can. <laughs> Ouch like this really intense final note. I really like that. I like the teacher waking up in a hospital wing with the kids sitting right next to them and the kid's just kind of having a heart. I want the kid to have a heart to heart with the teacher while the teacher like still looks like they're asleep. Like the kid thinks they're doing it to an unconscious oh, person. Yeah. Does like a monologue. Yeah. Because, you know, the best part about that is the scene right before it where the student is like, you failed me. There's that note of no one will miss you. And it's like the only person who showed up when the teacher was hurt was that student. Yes. So it's like, it's so, it's so bittersweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love that conceptually. I almost want it to be like, instead of no one will miss you, I want them to say no one will remember you. And then at um, the, at the bed, the kid promises like, uh, you weren't the best to me, but I still promise I'll remember you. But I'll never forget you. I'll never forget like, you oh my god (sighs) because like push come to shove like it is because of this teacher that the kid got friends yeah and it's because of this teacher that the kid like fell into healthier habits because he just wanted to be better yeah he wanted to be happy and he slowly realized over time he deserved that Mm -hmm. regardless of his standing in the class Mm -hmm. like oh i just i love that it's almost like a, a more pleasant revenge narrative, because just the yeah. students' revenge is just getting better. not being the greatest at grades or anything like that, but just being happy. That's awesome. The best revenge is proving someone wrong. Yeah. It would just be so interesting to sort of go through like all of the other students in the cast, because I think the other faculty are going to notice that the teacher becomes more and more deranged and be a little more lenient to the student so mm. one of the teachers actually takes up the um, the reason to mentor him like maybe a like a botany kind of teacher mm. she's super into plants yeah helps feed his dragon I mm. I love the idea of this kid just having a dragon Oh yeah oh yeah I feel like he names it something like Hubert. herbert there needs to be some like hermit on campus who because like the school doesn't want this dragon this dragon's causing issues there needs to be some hermit on campus who just loves dragons (laughs) always wanted yes always (laughs) wanted a dragon always wanted a dragon always looking out yeah secretly raising the dragons better yet i'm just having a dragon as a teacher oh no like maybe that's the reason why they couldn't just like kill the dragon is because they have a dragon as a teacher who's like dragon rights, dragon advocacy.
0: <laughs> First you started killing them, then you kill me. Yes.
1: Is it wait? Is it an actual dragon or is it a half dragon? I was gonna. It'd be a lot funnier if it was just a dragon. <laughs> but I also like the idea of a, a half dragon, like with the suit and tie, like slams briefcase on the PTA room table, <laughs> like. How dare you? (laughs) For all you know, that could be my cousin. That could be my aunt. And you're going to sentence that to death? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was a really fun prompt. I really like doing the magic school prompts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are so much fun. You worry sometimes that magic school is overdone and then... (laughs) And then you just find new ways to do it. Because I always have that lingering thought in the back of my head where it's like, well, no one's going to write the next Harry Potter, like come on there's no point but really you can find originality in any genre mm-hmm. it's just it's crazy and better world building and better world building yeah yeah it's just so interesting how we only met what three magic schools fascinating i love harry potter i really do i'm a hufflepuff you're a hufflepuff i'm a slytherin <laughs> I don't that know. makes so much sense though <laughs> you are such a slytherin <sighs> Tell us what you guys are in the comments. Yeah, under in, the in the poll. In the poll. What Hogwarts house are you? Yeah. And like, I don't know. What would you do with the magic school? Would you name it Hogwarts? Or would you name it something not Hogwarts? Let us know. Would you name it Pigtails? Would you name it Pigtails? Be honest. <laughs> well, okay. well, thanks so much for joining us this episode. It was a pleasure to have you all here. In our live studio if you have any um should we pretend that we have an instagram since this is coming out in like a month yeah, yeah we have an instagram we've always had an instagram <laughs> you aren't yeah. following First it thing we made with the instagram yeah what the hell you follow that instagram right now that we don't know the name of yet because <sighs> i don't want to look it up no i shouldn't have to you should know it <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible outro.